Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I am in Studio A here at Beit Tehillah Congregation with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. And uh, normally there would be hustling and bustling in the office and stuff like that, but today we are Lone Rangers here all by ourselves. We are doing our part to flatten the curve, right? And so uh, there's a lot of talk going on right now on social media and a lot of talk going on uh, on the news about the COVID-19, the coronavirus, and uh, what are the precautions that should be taken and things like that. And so everybody's um, being called to step up and do their part to help and protect the the most vulnerable among us and flatten the curve. And so I want to just take a quick second for those of you um, to that don't quite understand what I mean by flatten the curve to help you understand what we're talking about. And so um, the, the consensus from the CDC, um, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, is that uh, the virus itself will probably affect, you know, a, a X number of people. Uh, and that the total number of people that will get it over time will be that same number, that we're not going to necessarily be able to prevent uh, people from getting it necessarily, especially over a long period of time as the virus is out there and people um, encounter it and, and whatnot. However, what we can do is we can do our part to make it so that it slows the spread. And by slowing the spread, what in effect happens is that more people will survive it. And the reason is that not everybody gets sick at the same time and floods the healthcare system. And so you got to think that if everybody gets sick all at once and they all try to go to the doctor, they're going to have to triage uh, the, the, the patients when they get to the hospital to see who they're going to see and who they're not. And that's what's going on in Italy and other countries. And so uh, our uh, state and uh, federal government officials are trying to do everything they can to help flatten that curve. And so uh, what we believe here at Beit Tehillah is we believe that in these types of days when there's you know things that are going on, that, that people are fearful uh, out there in the world, that there will be those that are fearful, and then there will be those like us that are encouraging those that are fearful. And so that's what we want to do. We want to encourage you. We want you to know that we're here, we're praying, we're being vigilant, we're doing our part to flatten the curve, and we're encouraging everyone else to do the same. Um, and so uh, Beit Tehillah has officially uh, postponed all services uh, that are here on campus until further notice. Uh, we are for sure canceling, um, obviously, last night's Monday night Bible study we did not have, uh, and we are not having our Shabbat service uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, we are going to be doing a live stream special service um, that you can watch in your homes, and so we encourage you to get together with your family in your home and watch the service online. Now, it will be a modified service because obviously we don't have everyone here. We're Again, we're doing our part to flatten the curve, uh, but we will have something for you guys 
uh, to watch this Shabbat with your family, to come together so that we can express our faith. Because the important piece is that we express our faith, that we're we're getting into the Word of God, we're praying, and we're worshiping. you have anything you want to add to that, Pastor Nick? No, that's a, that's a wonderful announcement. You know, we have a lot of hope, and uh, God will protect us, and uh, Yeshua is the healer. Amen. And once again, we are living in obedience. We're doing what the Lord has asked us to do. And so once again, Beit Tehillah has taken action in that part. Uh, remember, why are you making decisions? And so we are making decisions based on wisdom and, the, uh, of course, the Word of God and His Holy Spirit. So with that, we are hoping for the best. Amen. Amen. And so because we're hoping for the best and because we still want to express our faith and we want to uh, provide something to you guys uh, to chew on, as you guys know, Pastor Nick's favorite book starts this week. That's right. The book of Leviticus, the Torah right. portion, Vaikra. Don't forget, Ryan, since we are doing this podcast and it's going to go out this afternoon, we are so uh, excited about a biblical new year Woo! starting tomorrow night. That's right. It's it's the month of Nisan, the very first month in the Bible. It's a biblical new year. Remember that. So exciting things are going to happen. We're moving towards redemption. We are preparing for Passover. And we are taking it seriously. Remember, that's all about expressing your faith and all of that, preparing for Passover. You know, Yeshua told his disciples to go and prepare the Passover. And he actually even said, hey, I long to celebrate this Passover with you. So we are hoping uh, for, for great things for this season of redemption, for preparing for Passover. And like I said, it's a biblical new year. Uh, tomorrow night, I encourage you to check out the new moon verses in the Bible uh, and blow your shofars and, and usher in the new year. And we'll probably be doing a little video. I'll be doing that tomorrow night, probably with my family. We'll blow the shofars and we'll do some uh, new moon verses probably tomorrow night at sunset, if I'm not mistaken. And so we'll, we'll have that available as well. And people can reflect on it later. So once again, uh, we are going into the book of Leviticus. And just a few little things to share here uh, in the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. Uh, the theme of Leviticus, uh, it's, it's a book of the detailed walk, worship, and service of the redeemed people of God. Hallelujah. In Exodus, we have the Exodus from Egypt, the giving of the law, the establishment of the priesthood, and the building of the tabernacle. Now, in Leviticus, we have the giving of the laws concerning sacrifices and offerings in consecration to the priesthood, the full establishment of the tabernacle worship, the holiness of God's people in body, soul, and spirit, the relationship of Israel to Jehovah, the feast of Jehovah, uh, the record of God dwelling in the tabernacle in the midst of his people and the proper means of approach and fellowship with God. Now, I know I used the, the name Jehovah. That's just from the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. I just really enjoyed that. Now, the book of Leviticus is God's manual for his people on how to approach him and live pleasing in his sight. Yeah, wow. It might be said that Exodus records how Israel became a redeemed nation while Leviticus concerns the cleansing, worship, and service of that redeemed nation. Yeah. Wow, what's required of us? You know, we live in such filth in this culture and all around us and everything that we don't even know how to clean ourselves up. Yeah, and I find it interesting, too, in that same regard, that, you know, many of us have had big uh, mountaintop, hilltop faith experiences, right, where we're like, rah, rah. I think that's Exodus. The book of Exodus gives you that rah, rah. Hey, we're going into you know, to do this with the Lord, the Lord saved us, all this stuff. But then how do you maintain that? Well, 
the book of Leviticus is showing you how to maintain. And I that. want to encourage all of you. You know, we've been in the, you know, we've had the uh, the Torah portion since the fall of 1999. Uh, we've been doing the the Torah cycle every year, so that's quite a quite a plethora of uh, or plethora of uh, information. So Exodus begins with sinners, but Leviticus begins with saints. That is as to their standing. This is a quote by W. Graham Scroggy. Once again, Exodus begins with sinners. But Leviticus begins with saints, that is, as to their standing. So let's go right into the book of Leviticus. We're not going to be doing any reading at this point in time because we want to share the principles and the main points that are given to us here. Uh, basically, the main content are going to be five different sacrifices. Uh, remember, we're studying spiritual laws. Okay, so the theme of Leviticus is ye shall be holy. That's right. Now, he wouldn't ask you to be holy. Unless you could. So what's your favorite cheese? Swiss cheese. Ah, I see what you yeah, did there. Because it's holy. Remember that. Uh, here, here we go. This is really important, everybody. I'm telling you, if you get this, it's life-changing. Chapters 1 through 17 shows the way to God. And chapters 18 to 27 shows the walk with God. The book of Leviticus starts with consecration and ends with consecration. Remember, in the book of Exodus, it starts with a groan, but it ends in his glory. And once again, the book of Leviticus is the meat of the Torah. Oh, yeah. It's like the, it's like the, the, the hamburger it's in not, between the tomato it, and lettuce and the bun. So once again, to the left of Leviticus, you've got uh, Genesis and Exodus, the meat Leviticus, the main part of, of Torah. And then you have to the right... You are going to have Numbers and Deuteronomy, okay? And with all these sacrifices, there's no mistaking. This is not the Impossible Burger. It's not a veggie burger. Absolutely not. Remember, God <laughs> invented barbecue. Yes, he did. Okay. So once again, let's get into this. We have, of course, right out of the gate, uh, in Leviticus chapter 1 and verse 1, it's all about burnt offerings, that's okay? Right. And that's the very first offering found in Leviticus is the burnt offering. So here's a little bit about the burnt offering. It's voluntary. Yeah. It was, it's, it was voluntary. It is still voluntary That's to right. give a burnt offering. Um, and it actually says in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 4, And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Now, uh, the following would be appropriate for a burnt offering, uh, and they are a bull without blemish, a male sheep or goat without blemish, and turtle doves or young pigeons. Now, this is something to bring out in the sacrificial system of these offerings. There's three classes of offerings here. Does anybody see that? Uh, there's the upper class, the middle class, and then, of course, the poor. So if you can't afford a bull, you can at least do a male sheep or goat without blemish. Uh, and if not, a, a turtle dove or a young pigeon. So yeah. there you go. So once again, you can see three classes of people. Uh, I know when Yeshua was carrying the cross and everything and things were happening, he said, listen, the poor you're always going to have, okay? You're supposed to help the poor, okay? So the burnt offering would be a sweet savor to the Lord. And of course, the blood was applied to the side of the altar. And, and once again, the burnt offering is totally consumed. It's totally consumed. And so we've got to remember that. Ryan, any thoughts on that? Um, nothing other than the idea that um, we are all called to be a burnt offering, right? And what is it, the joke we always make, like we always leave like a leg or an arm hanging yeah. off the altar. Like, ah, you know, I'm going to give you everything but uh, but this. You like know? we have compartments. 
Well, because God go into all the compartments, but certain ones. What's significant about the burnt offering is that it's totally consumed. So it's uh, where other offerings, like the peace offering, you get to basically throw a party, like a barbecue, and then other offerings, the priests get to take a portion of it. Right. Um, in this case, the entire thing um, belongs to the Lord. It com- it is completely consumed. Nobody takes part in this except giving it to the Lord. Which is a good point. Once again, we are discussing principles here and spiritual laws. Okay. And so we're going to be getting some really good questions and discussions here as well. So here's a great discussion uh, question. How is the burnt offering symbolic of not only Yeshua, but to us as well? Well, it's, it's a, it's voluntary or voluntarily devoting all your being and possessions to God through purifying fire. Uh, So once again, the altar shows ownership. So what would happen is when, when the enemy would come in or Satan and his fallen angels and different things, they would have these altars all over the place and it would be crazy and they would offer up different things and, and to the other gods. Right. And so once again, it was, it was actually, uh, it was actually counterfeited. Uh, and so once again, uh, if you want to understand why is this relevant for you that are listening, God wants all of you, all part of your being, you know, just as I am, I come, which is true. But then again, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, I thought about this. Sometimes you see a sign on a church, just come as you are. And I thought about just coming in my pajamas. <laughs> like, hey, I just got out of bed. Thanks, man. This is a great this is a great opportunity for me. I got my jammies on, you know. But like I said, I'm I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that yeah. but now we gotta be changed. Well, that's the point. There's know? an inferred, you know, come as you are and I'm going to change you. So right? it, it is relevant, you know. And matter of fact, uh it's kind of interesting. Um it, it once again it signifies complete dedication of a life to God. So, so when you make a vow and you say, Lord, you know, I give my life to you, he's not going to let you get off the hook. No, you kind of made this vow. And and I know we break vows and we renew vows. And, but when you said, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll say whatever you tell me to say, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. He's going to hold you to it. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, we can get into a lot of other verses, uh, matter of fact, why don't you check out uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Ryan, as far as the believer, some of us you know, want to know, well, is this relevant for us today? So let's just think about um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And, and, and by the way, in the Hebrew, this is Ola, O-L-A-H, Ola in the Hebrew, a burnt offering. Ola. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and read Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your responsible service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Outstanding. That's kind of an oxymoron, a living sacrifice. So once again, you know, think about this, everybody. Hmm. If you would examine yourself and make your life better, instead of being judgmental and learn how to get the two by four out of your eye, God's going to show you how to get the splinter or the toothpick out of somebody else's eye. So right out of the gate, we have Ola. We have this particular offering and how relevant it is. Uh, And and Ryan, if you could go to Hebrews 13, 15, uh, let's, let's check that out. Uh, because once again, it is relevant. You know, God wants you to give your whole life to him. You know, Yeshua didn't go halfway up the hill to Calvary. He went the whole distance. That's right. He sure you did. You know, he really did. So 
Hebrews 13, 15. It says here, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How about a sacrifice of praise, boy? Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're not dragging animals down the, the church aisle here. Uh, let's move into the meat offering in, in Leviticus chapter 2. We're going to get into the meat offering now. And, and by the way, in the King James, that means a grain offering. Right. You know, oh, more meat? No, a meat offering, it's, it's grain. Uh, and then once again, it is the second offering. And of course, the three ingredients that make up the uh, meat or grain offering is fine flour, oil, and frankincense. Okay. And let me just read this little... Uh, outline out for you the bullet points just so you can have an understanding and then we'll talk about it uh the remnant of the meat offering went to aaron and his sons uh and of course the ingredients for an oblation a gift of a meat offering baked in an oven was unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil or unleavened wafers anointed with oil i know this sounds redundant like well what's the difference here because there's different ways of preparing the grain offering uh, the ingredients for an oblation or a gift of a meat offering baked in a pan was fine flour unleavened with oil. So once again, now you have a, a pan involved here uh, or baked in an oven. Notice that's in the, in the, in the stove, on the stove. Uh, very interesting. Uh, in, in a, in a, the ingredients for an oblation or gift of a meat offering in a frying pan was fine flour and oil. Uh, once again, a portion of the meat offering was to be a memorial for the Lord. Um. You could have no leaven or honey in your meat offering to the Lord, Ryan. Interesting. I like honey in unleavened. my tea. You can have no leaven or honey in your meat offering to the Lord. Why? Because he is unleavened. He has no leaven. He's sinless. He's perfect. He's holy. Now, the oblation of the first fruits can be offered to the Lord, but not burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. Once again, the first fruits, uh, which is your grain. You're bringing your grain as an offering. Um, it can be offered to the Lord but not burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. Uh, every oblation of the meat offering was seasoned with salt. Salt is a preservative. We're supposed to be like salt. Um, and in this world that's full of open wounds, and we rub up against somebody, they're going to scream. Oh, they're yeah. going to yell because you're the salt rubbing up against them. And, of course, the meat offering was voluntary. So this second offering, this meat offering, this grain offering is voluntary. Okay. And if, if Ryan wants to read uh, Leviticus chapter 2, verse 14, that would be great. <laughs> it says, And thou offer a meat offering of thy first fruits unto the Lord. Thou shalt offer for the meat offering of thy first fruits, green ears of corn, dried by the fire, even corn beaten out of full ears. You know, it's interesting that, you know, and I, and I want you all to understand how relevant this is. And I really want to encourage you. None of us are perfect. Right. Okay. And, and it's so easy to be judgmental or whatever, or even against the world and all the stuff that's happening. But let me encourage you that speak the things through the sacrifice. Like, Lord, I want to give you my total being. Please help me. Make that confession and then begin to work on yourself. So what's interesting, Ryan, is that, and I've, and I've actually discovered this. So if that's the case, it's about serving. So if you're going to give of yourself, then you're going to start serving. And you want to serve. And that's really what the meal offering uh, or this grain offering, meat offering is all about. Now that you have given your life to the Lord, we need to start serving. So it goes with it. Interesting. No yeah. sense in just giving your Lord, I give you my life. And you go into a monastery and you just chant, you know, 
Hallelujah. And there's nobody around and you dedicate your life to the Lord. But how many of that God wants to make disciples? Amen. He wants to send us out. He wants us to, to fix this hurting, dying world in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. So, Ryan, this is really what it's all about. So, like, when you say, well, I've given myself to the Lord, well, then prove it. Yeah. Because if you truly gave yourself to the Lord wholly, like a burnt offering, because it's voluntary, you would be serving voluntarily. Yeah. So, I'm only bringing this out because it's so important, because here's the question. How is the meat offering symbolic of not only Yeshua, but to us as well? Right. Well, what did Yeshua say? I came to serve, not to be served. Hmm. He's the one that took the towel off of his waist right. and washed, you know, 12 disciples, all their feet. Right. Okay. So this is about thanking God and offering their lives for his service. So once again, how powerful is that, Ryan? Boy, that'll preach. Yeah, when you that, can. That's it. And you can see Yeshua in each of these sacrifices, right? I mean, you can see Yeshua in the burnt offering because he gave of his whole, his whole self. You can see Yeshua in this because he he's unleavened, right? He's sinless. Um, and then you know the 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 way that we look at it, you're mentioning you know service and and serving and bringing you know your best offering. Um, the Jewish people they have prayers for just about everything, right? There's a blessing for going to the bathroom. Like, hey, thank you that I'm not clogged up, you know, because if I were to clog, guess what? I'd be dead. You know, thank you for this food. You know, all these things. So they bless God for just about everything all day long. They have a prayer. For everything, right? Is, what is it? Uh, is it uh, what's the guy's name from Fiddler on the Roof? He's like, there's a blessing for everything. Tevi, Tevi, yeah. So uh, when they pray over food, they've got kind of a hierarchy of blessings. There's probably like five or six different ones that you could pray, right? So um, the the generic one is over the bread, right? Hamotzi lechem min haaretz, right? You know, God who brings forth bread from the earth, and then uh, you have uh, the other ones for you know mezanot, which would be for other types of grains. Uh, say you weren't eating bread, but you're eating this. But if there's bread, you pray the bread blessing, and the rest of them kind of fall by the way. So there's like a, a hierarchy. But here's what's interesting. It says, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu, right? Blessed are you, Lord our God, you know, Melech HaOlam, King of the universe, Chamotzi lachem min haaretz, who brings forth bread from the earth. But God doesn't bring forth bread from the earth, does he? It's in partnership with us that he brings forth bread from the earth. And it's not Give until... Give us our daily bread. Right. So it's not until we... Uh, work with God in service that the bread comes to life, right? We don't get the bread, we don't get the meat offering right. to bring to God until we participate, because He brings forth, you know, wheat and barley from the earth, right? That's that's what He does. But in participation with Him, then we take it through the process of making it into bread. That's a good point. I mean, think about it. In in, in the Hebrew, it's minha. Yeah. Minha is the grain offering, and ola is the burnt offering. So once again, in Hebrews four fifteen. Uh, it says this, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Mm. So Jesus is 100% God, 100% man, but without sin. He did not sin. Praise God. And so it's a picture of unleavened bread. And yeah. there's a reason for that. That's why as we go into the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it's for seven days because Passover is one day. You can't get more born again than what you are. And, and by the way, you know, it, it means to be born from above in the Greek. So to be born again means that your spirit and God's spirit met. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, and then you shall be saved. So what we're sharing here, everyone, are principles. 
spiritual laws and principles. You know, we're living in a society to some degree, people don't even consider God or even believe in him. They're like evolution. Are we just the big bang or we just evolved or whatever? And, and Ryan, this is what is really disappointing because not only do we have to believe in God, but he's holy and he's without sin, you know, and, and, and people are always struggling with, well, why would a loving God allow all of this to happen? Yeah. It doesn't change who he is. Yes, things happen. It rains on the just and the unjust. But as we develop these sacrifices, you are really going to fall in love with this book. You know, uh, I know that even when I was among Christianity and going to the church, I never really heard anyone preach from the book of Leviticus. Yeah. And so I think it's a, it's a revival. So once again, if you give yourself to the Lord, then you're going to begin serving. So it gets even better, Ryan, because this thing builds. You know, when you do it God's way and you, and you follow in line with him, your life is so much better. Not to say that it's easier or anything like that. There's challenges. Oh, but yeah. as we get into Leviticus chapter 3, we now get into the peace offerings. This is the third offering found in Leviticus chapter 3. Now it's getting really good. The peace offering could come from the herd and be a male or a female without blemish. And uh, if you want to read Leviticus chapter 3, verse 2, Ryan, and just finish up those bullet points as well in regards to this peace offering. Yep, it says here, And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so the peace offering could be a goat. I have goats. You know, it's interesting. We're thinking about Passover coming up. I just had a goat um, pass away on the property. It's pretty sad, and I just, you know, walk outside. I'm going to feed him, and then boom, you know, it's gone. I know. I was like, you know, maybe maybe the Lord just took her, you know? That was sad. Yeah, it was. It was sad. Um, and, uh, and so then we get in kind of to the nitty-gritty, right? So the two kidneys and the fat that is on them are removed along with the call above the liver. So these are, are portions that are... Um, are removed out of the animal. And this is all the fat from the peace offering belonged to the Lord. So this is, you know, like the belly fat and all that. Interesting. And the peace offering belongs to the Lord that you weren't to, to take part in that. And so here in uh, Leviticus chapter three, verse 17, it says, it shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout your dwellings that ye neither uh, eat, neither fat nor blood. Um, and so this is referring, I think to the belly fat of the Interesting. animal. Um, and also the blood. And so we know that, you know, things like blood sausage or blood pudding, um, there's some, some interesting stuff out there. So the fat belongs to the Lord. So when people say, Hey, you're 20 pounds overweight, that belongs to the Lord. (laughs) That's one way to look at it. I'm, I know. You're just more sanctified than the rest, right? You know, it's a cop out, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Sure is. Sure is. Yeah. It's only a crutch (laughs) if you use it, folks. But this is just, remember, take the scriptures literally. Don't try to figure everything out. Just read it. Then, and then start looking at it, because these are really specific instructions that if you're going to do a peace offering, this is how you prepare it. This is what God is asking you to do. So, wow, think about the detail in this. You know, at, at the times we're living in, Ryan, we don't really give any thought to details yeah. or steps or procedures. We just schlep in and we schlep out and we just do things, you know. Right. And, of course, you know, the, uh, the going on the peace offering was voluntary. Wow, here's three offerings that are voluntary, right? And matter of fact, I love the Hebrew name for this offering. Shalem. That's right. In yeah. Hebrew, Shalem. The Shalem offering. And then, of course, we have the Minha, which is the grain offering. Then, of course, the burnt offering is Olah. Now, the peace offering was the only offering in which the offerer shared, Ryan. 
Now let's yeah. put this together. That's cool. Lord, I give you my life. And we all do this. Lord, take me. Calgon, take me away. We say, Lord, take me. I'm yours. He says, okay, start serving. Now you're already right. the burnt offering. That's right. And now, and now you're the, you're the meal offering or the grain offering. Oh, thank you. Holy spirit. This is interesting. At the last supper, what did Yeshua do with the bread? He takes it, he breaks it, and he gives, and he it. gives it. That's right. So this picture of even the meal offering is a picture of God taking us, breaking us. Oh, now you want to give me out? I don't want to be with those people. Ooh. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm telling you from experience, folks, I've been there. Now, we move into this peace offering. It's almost like saying, Lord, I've given you my life. I serve, and you've really blessed me. Mm-hmm. And everything I have is because of you. And I want to help the church. I want to help my community with this community that we have here, with our building, with whatever we can do to be of a service. And so, and then you invite your family and your friends, and they're like, wow, Pastor Nick, look at Beit Tehila. Look at you. Look at this. This is so great. Look, God's really blessing you. Yeah, come and share this with me. Right. Because I've given my life to the Lord. I'm not perfect. I've given my life to the Lord, and I want to serve him. So he's given me resources. So he's given me all these things. So people see, you you don't get this. This church, the church is not teaching this. Yeah. There's ser- seriously an incentive, Ryan, for us to want to have blessings so we can share it and say, look what the Lord has given me because I've changed my ways. Right. You know, like I got to tell my children, you know, and different things, you know, daddy didn't do it the right way. Right. And even Paul makes, makes record of this in his letters. Listen, I was ignorant when I did these things, but now I know better. That's right. So, so thanking God and offering uh, their lives for his service is literally the peace offering. Any any thoughts on that? Are you excited about the Levitical offerings now, folks? Are you excited now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and what's cool, so as you mentioned about the burnt offering, Yeshua being the burnt offering, and then the meat offering, and the peace offering, again, um, you know, the fact that now we've 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 received salvation, we've we've gotten involved in the kingdom work, and now we're reaping the benefits of being in the kingdom. And so the peace offering... Um, is is a party, right? I mean, that's really what it is. You get together, like you mentioned, but it also it's our peace with God because because of the burnt offering, because of our service, right? Because of what Yeshua did, because he was unleavened, now we have peace with God. You know, he is the mediator. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's so true. I was just thinking about the hippie movement. Peace, dude. Yeah. Peace, not war. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you don't give yourself to the Lord, you're going to be in war because there's war on your soul. Oh, and so once yeah. again, you know, we, we want peace. We want shalom. Yeah. But are we actually even doing what we needed to do? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Ryan, even as our marriage and our kids, if we're not giving ourselves to the Lord and serving, I mean, how could we even have any kind of decent home life? Yeah. I mean, if we're just watching Netflix all day and on our phones and just running around, going here, going there, where where, where are these offerings even evident yeah so we should teach our kids by example sure you know and so when my kids want to come early to church that really helps me you know and i'll get here early and set up for the leadership meeting and put stuff out and they help me right why because i'm a living sacrifice i get to set things up i'm serving and then i get to enjoy it as well you know to do these things you know even my pastor friends would say wow you put us as a big spread you do this every week absolutely right you're serving yeah it's an offer and i think it's something that we've lost to serve one another. Yeah. Just ask somebody, Hey, is there something I can do for you? Is there something that you need? Well, but this peace offering is really cool, Ryan. And there's practical, God gets all the glory though. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's practical applications to the peace offering too. When you make a vow, you know, you could bring people together and they have a meal together to, to, you know, kind of, Oh yeah. If you have accomplished something, matter of fact, that's a good point. Promotions or, you know, accomplishments, like you mentioned, um, you know, a celebration. And as you mentioned, a celebration of God's resources. Hey, God has given me this abundance or whatever. That's right. Beit belongs to Yahweh. Let me bring an offering to the Lord, a peace offering that I can share with others, right? That, that, that my cup runneth over and the amount that runs and people over. people are amazed. So, so here it is. The peace offering generally expressed peace and fellowship between the offerer and God. Hence, it culminated in a communal meal. Right. So... There were three types, a thank offering to express gratitude for an unexpected blessing or deliverance. Number two, a votive offering to express gratitude for a blessing or deliverance granted when a vow had accompanied the petition, like you accomplished something. Yeah, yeah. Number three, free will offering to express gratitude to God without regard to any specific blessing or deliverance. Wow. So, so check it out. So there you have the burnt offering, giving of yourself. Uh, and this is reflective of Yeshua, first and foremost. Then, of course, the meal offering, grain offering, is, of course, your service to the Lord. And with that, you're going to have blessings and fruit. You know, it's interesting if we say, well, I don't feel blessed. I don't have anything to show for it. Maybe you haven't given yourself to the Lord fully. And are you serving? You know, God has called us to, to serve the church and the community in which we live. And, and, and that is one of the coolest things. So we're moving on now because those three offerings are voluntary. And once again, this peace offering is outstanding. We get into Levitic, or Leviticus chapter 4. Now we're going to hit the sin offerings. It is the fourth offering, the sin offering. And this is actually called Hatat, H-A-T-T-A-T in the Hebrew. Hatat uh, offering. Now, anyway, um, the reason for a sin offering is if a soul shall sin through ignorance. Leviticus 4.2. Right. And of course, a priest was required to bring a young bullock without blemish for his sin offering, Leviticus 4.3. So once again, it is a sin offering. We're going to talk more about that as we develop this particular offering. The priest was to lay his hand upon the bull before killing it. The priest would sprinkle the blood seven times before the Lord and at the veil of the sanctuary. The blood was applied to the altar of incense on the four horns. This is the sin offering now, Hatat. The rest of the blood from the bull was poured at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. Before sacrificing the bullock, the priest had to remove the two kidneys. We're throwing in some instructions here. And if, Ryan, you want to go ahead and continue on in number 10, uh, even in reference, this is a cross-reference to even Hebrews 13, 11, but go ahead and take it from it's there exactly and, right. and share about this sin offering because now it's compulsory. It's mandatory. So the question will be, where is your sacrifice? Right, absolutely. And, you know, the okay. sin offering, the priest was to lay his hand upon the bull before killing it. And so this was a, the transfer of the sin at this point. And then uh, from there, once they've sacrificed the animal, the priest would sprinkle the blood seven times before the Lord at the veil of the sanctuary. So he goes before the Holy of Holies and he sprinkles the blood there um, before, the, um, before the veil. And right there is where the, um, the, uh, the altar of incenses, right? And so the blood was applied to the altar of incense on the four horns. Uh, the rest of the blood from the bull was poured at the bottom of the altar of burnt offerings. So obviously there was more than just a sprinkling of blood in each of these animals, so they had a way for this to pour out and kind of be flushed out of um, the area where the altar was. And before sacrificing the bullock, 
uh, the priest had to remove the two kidneys. So, so Ryan just repeated what I just read. I did? Yeah, but that's okay because these are specific instructions. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So once again, this is something for you to go back and study, but just, just lay it out. And of course, I'm going to let Ryan continue on in the sin offering uh, because it's mandatory, you know, and, and we serve a holy God. And the question will be, where's your sacrifice? That's why Yeshua is so important. Uh, and so once again, even in Leviticus 4.12, as he continues on um, reading the main points to the sin offering. That's right. So Leviticus 4.12 says, Even the whole bullock shall he carry forth without the camp, unto a clean place where the ashes are poured out, and burn him on the wood with fire. Where the ashes are poured out, shall he be burnt. Um, and so... You find this also in the New Testament in uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and 11. Yeah, Yeshua was actually sent outside the camp. That's right. That's what it says. And so a young bullock was used for the whole congregation of Israel um, as a sin offering. And so this is, uh, again, you know, making an atonement for the sin of the whole congregation of Israel. Uh, the elders of the congregation were responsible for laying their hands on the bullock. So just like the priest was laying his hand on the bullock for the sacrifice that was for the priest— now the elders are laying their hands on the bullock in order to transfer the sin of the and whole congregation. A, there's the community. That's right. And so the requirement for the application of the blood was the same uh, for the congregation as it was for the priests. And the priest was to make an atonement uh, for the people so that they could be forgiven when presenting their sin offering. And a ruler was required to bring a, a male kid of the goats without blemish for his sin offering. And the ruler was responsible for laying his hand upon the goat and killing it. So when a king or a ruler or a judge comes to make a sacrifice, they actually, um, you know, maybe with the help of a, a priest, but they actually did the sacrifice themselves. It's incredible, huh? That's awesome. So moving on to number 11. What animals were required for a commoner to carry out his sin offering? A female kid of the goats or a young female lamb without blemish? Hmm. Wow. Check that out. So, um, why don't you continue, Ryan? Because in, in Leviticus chapter 5, uh, we're going to show you some acts of sin there that's going to be laid out for us. Yep, that's right. So, um, chapter 5 is about the actual sins uh, and whatnot. So, let's start with uh, failing to speak and reveal truth when under oath. This is uh, the lie of omission. Um, so it's interesting that there is a, a sin listed here in Leviticus, the lie. Of, so how many people say, well, I just didn't say anything. I didn't lie. Well, here Leviticus says that the lie of omission. Now it says when under oath, of course, right? That's right. So failing to purify self when one is unclean. This would you know, be going and doing something that you shouldn't be doing when in a status of uncleanness. That's good. And speaking and swearing rashly and quickly forgetting what was said or shirking responsibility for it. Well, there goes our government. Yeah, I mean, there goes a lot of us. Wow. Yeah. How many of us have been like, oh, it wasn't my fault, you know, trying to shirk the responsibility wow. for stuff? So just think that, that, you know, what is sin missing the mark? Right. And we, we don't even talk about that. That's right. And so um, for, for these sins and others, here are the following appropriate sacrifices needed for a sin offering. It could be a female lamb or a kid of the goats, uh, two turtle doves or two young pigeons, uh, one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour, and the sin offering is compulsory. Interesting. So in, so in contrast. So you need a sacrifice. Oh, yeah, you got to have a sacrifice. That's right. That's good. And so here it says in chapter 5 of Leviticus, verse 9, it says, And he shall sprinkle the blood 
of the sin offering upon the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be wrung out at the bottom of the altar. It is a sin offering. Man, that's awesome. I mean, you know, if you think about this, I want to just, you know, look at this because once again, there's three classes of people today, upper class, middle class, and the, and, and the lower class, the poor. Uh, and once again, uh, and according to the sacrifice needed for a sin offering, we should be able to meet that. Yeah. Even in these economic times, I think we can all yeah, uncertain come up with some flour. Economic times, yeah. You know, or even share your flour. Or go catch a pigeon. So, I mean, think about this. So, this is very interesting. Remember, we're looking at the principles here. We're looking at the principles here. Uh, there's the question here as a discussion is, how is the sin offering symbolic of not only Yeshua, but to us as well? Well, you know, it's, it's being forgiven because we are sinners, or they were sinners, being forgiven because they were sinners. Now, I, I want to read this because it's important that you understand this. We could develop this even more, but for the sake of time, we won't. Ryan, if you can go to, if you don't mind, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Uh, it's very simple here. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'm getting there. 2 Corinthians 5. Yeah, 21. Just so we can find Yeshua in here and what he became for us as a sin offering. Absolutely. So it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So remember the spiritual law. God is holy. And in order to approach him or be around him, you have to be holy. That's right. So you have to follow the protocol. You know what? It's like a backstage pass. If you don't have a backstage pass, you ain't getting back there. You can't cheat. You can't lie. You can't crawl under the curtain. You know. And so what does Yeshua do? He gives us access to the Father. That's right. And the biggest battle, the biggest hurdle that we all had in the beginning is that we didn't know the Son of God. But now that we do, He is our sin offering, and we acknowledge Him, that He is the Son of God, and that now we can come to the Father. And it just takes all of the pressure and the burden off of us, and now we can, of course, uh, live our life. You know, it goes on to say the purpose for this particular offering was to atone for sins committed unknowingly, especially where no restitution was possible. Yeah. You know, uh, so once again, th you can develop these things even more if you so choose. But once again, you know, uh, we are sinners saved by God's grace. Uh, we, we are sinners. So last but not least, and once again, it's, it's mandatory that you have an offering, you know, uh, and I just want to throw this out there, you know, what the Jewish people have done since they have no temple, they've replaced a sacrificial system or an offering with prayer and mitzvot or good deeds. That's the only thing that they can do at this time. Just so you understand Judaism and the Jewish community out of respect, once again, uh, they have replaced their sacrifice with no temple with prayer and good deeds or mitzvot. So just so you understand that. And of course, we respect Judaism and the Jewish people. And of course, uh, we as Christians have accepted Jesus Christ, Yeshua, as our sacrifice. And so once again, uh, that's just uh, in regards to us as Christians or believers. So last but not least, Ryan, this is so important that we understand this. We have in Leviticus chapter 5, we continue on, even verses 14 through 19, a trespass offering. Right. You know, 5 is a number for grace. It's kind of interesting. Three is divine of the Lord. Two is division or a witness. And so we have these five uh, offerings or sacrifices. And it is, of course, the fifth offering found in Leviticus is the trespass offering. Uh, what does that mean, a trespass? Okay. 
So what does that mean? So this is, I think, the main differentiation, because I think people, when they ask themselves... Why don't you go ahead and take it from here, Ryan? Yeah, when they ask themselves about what is the difference between a sin offering and a trespass offering, because you kind of associate, in English especially, this, those two words with each other. Um, you know, uh, a sin offering was primarily when there was no restitution uh, allowed, yeah. allowed right? right? Or they're just, or you couldn't make restitution, right? You've already right. done something, and it's something happened, cat's out of the bag type of thing. There's no making restitution for it. Whereas with the trespass offering, um, it was possible to make the restitution, but you still had to come and bring your offering. So um, the animal that was used for the trespass offering was a ram without blemish. This is a male sheep, right? A ram without blemish. And uh, you could trespass against the Lord and against man. So there was things that you could do. Um, one of the, So I, th- I would say a trespass against the Lord would be not bringing an offering when it was compulsory, right? So bringing, you know, an offering or a double portion offering at that point could be a trespass offering. Um, and the amount that was required to pay back when one trespassed against the Lord or against man was one-fifth. So this is the 20% rule. When um, you bring damages to somebody, um, you know, through whatever means that you you uh, you make restitution of 100% of whatever it was that was broken or, or uh, you know, ruined or whatever, plus another 20% on top of it, right? Good point. Yeah. And Good so, point. And the principle of restitution is a big deal. Um, you know, God's people, again, you know, these things are not necessarily for us to point the finger and say, hey, you owe me this plus 20% now. The point is for us to all internalize these things and that when we trespass, that we make restitution plus 20%. Right? Amen? I know. I think the word trespasses is used in the New American Standard. You know, forgive us our trespasses. I think in the New King James as well. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, think about a no trespassing sign. Yeah. What do we do? Trespass. <laughs> you know, I Not remember me, these uh, ranchers or farmers or whatever, you know, you'll see no trespassing on people's property lines. Yeah. And we just... Just go over the fence. Yeah, not me. I go was get never like that. Whatever we got to get, yeah. you know, it's just fun. There's cattle. There's fun stuff. There's a river. Mm, yeah. A secret part of the river. No trespassing. Yeah. But we trespass, you know. And the trespass offering was compulsory, you know. Uh, and I love this. When a person trespassed against another person with something that was of material value, like Ryan was sharing, uh, was the principal restored plus one-fifth? Yes. Yeah. You know, I like to give an example of a trespass offering, just in, in, in uh, material terms, you know, just think about this, because I know this is spiritual and there's animal sacrifices and all these other things. Yeshua is our trespass offering. Uh, but what it, what it means is that um, it's being forgiven for the sins they committed to, to, to God and, of course, to, to man in, in a restitution kind of way. Let's say I borrowed a book from Ryan and I spilled coffee on it. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the principle. I replaced the book plus 20% of the book. Now, you could actually use the Amazon price oh, because it's probably the lowest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. So do you understand that? I do. So let's say that harm came to somebody and you fixed something or you did something. Uh, I know that uh, some people made this example. A minister made this example talking about, hey, you're, you're barbecuing, uh, you know, uh, and you borrowed the barbecue grill and the owner's there. And, and uh, something happens to the grill while the owner's there, the, the owner of the grill. Well, you wouldn't be liable for it. But let's say you, you borrow the barbecue grill and you bring it to your house and the, the owner's not around. And something happens to the barbecue grill that just goes belly up or something or explodes or whatever it does. You have to give back the barbecue grill plus, plus 20%. 20%. Yeah. Now, some of you are probably thinking, you guys are nuts. Yeah. Well, see, we're not taught this. Right. But it's a principle. Restitution and, is hey, a principle. And hey, I double dog dare you too. To do it, I double dog dare you. 
to do this. Well, how many again, times does somebody, you know, accidentally, you know, break something of somebody else or cause damage? Oh, no big deal. Don't oh, worry about it. My bad. My, my bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's not going to do it. You know, it's like anything. It's like, you know, the Torah says when you find somebody's possessions, you give them back. Right. So in, in, in immaturity or ignorance, we say, oh, well, the Torah's been done away with. Well, the principle of giving back people's personal belongings, you know, is a principle in and of itself. So once again, uh, we have these uh, five offerings in closing here. And this particular offering in the Hebrew is called a sham. Uh, which is, of course, the trespass offering. So let's let's kind of put it into a perspective here and lay it all down for you in closing. These five sacrifices are actually a picture of principles that God has given us, number one. Number two, we can see Yeshua in these sacrifices. Amen. Uh, we can also see ourselves uh, and, and how relevant it is for today. So the burnt offering is you giving of your whole being, your very life to God. Then, of course, with that, that's the burnt offering. Uh, and then you become, of course, a meal offering, which is you begin to serve. It goes right along with giving yourself to the Lord. You know, it just astounds me how people can't even go to church and start serving. You know, you'd be amazed at how many people just come to church and they don't serve. You know, well, you're not giving a meal offering, you know. And so with that, they, they kind of grumble or complain or, gosh, how come I don't have what you have or how come I'm not where you're at? Well, I'm not above you. I'm not better than you. But if you give of your life and serve, God's going to bless you because he can trust you. Yeah. Especially with resources, even today now. I never thought I'd see the day where I wouldn't be able to get toilet paper. <laughs> never have even thought about that. You know, I might want to stock up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Never. So, so I'm only telling you the story because, of course, those are compulsory. Peace offering is actually you enjoying what God has given you with others sharing it because you've given of your life and you're serving. And now the peace offering is the only offering you get to eat from. Yeah. You can't eat any other offering. You know, the burnt offering is totally consumed. Meal offering is grain. The The peace offering, you get a portion of that. And then you can have the, the, the holy barbecue with your friends and family and show people how awesome God is. And that's what we do at Beit Tehillah. We show people how awesome God is. You know, we basically have a television studio in our church. You know, we have the, 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 capability and, and, and the advantage of having like a television studio basically and we can film things and have state-of-the-art uh, media and everything with with pastor russell and the media team but the bottom line is that those are those are actually voluntary but when you get into now the sin offering it's compulsory where's your sacrifice uh, and Yeshua is our sacrifice. And of course, when there's no restitution that can be made. So the difference between that and, and the trespass offering is the restitution. So if you did somebody wrong, you can actually fix that. Uh, also, you can change your life when you trespass against God. You know, that's why even the Bible talks about coarse jesting and different things, laughing at somebody else's expense and all of that. You know, you're trespassing. When you talk about somebody's weight or the receding hairline or whatever it is, you know, you are trespassing them. Yeah. And so once again, I want to encourage all of you as we move into the book of Leviticus, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. And when you get into this, you're going to realize, man, I really got to do a, a, a spiritual audit on myself. I got to be better. I need to do better. And then I can help others. And then you can do it as a team with my family or my leadership or this church. But once again, you know, this is called Vayikra and he called... And remember in Exodus 19 here, remember, God is wanting a nation of priests. Any last thoughts, Ryan? Because that's that's what I got. I do. I have a couple things. The first is that um, you know, you need a sacrifice and you get 
to see the principles of sacrifices that are, um, you know, put forth here in Leviticus, and you get to see how Yeshua fulfills all of that for you, and that without Yeshua, you don't have a sacrifice. You just, you just don't. Um, and so, you know, I'm just very thankful for what Yeshua did for me, what He's done for my family, what He's done for uh, the, you know, the believing world. And and I just I can't imagine life without him. I can't imagine life um, without what he did, without the work that he did. I, I just can't think that I would be on my own in my sin to to face the the world and to face God uh, of my own accord. Because uh, let me just tell you, at this point, uh, it would not be pretty, right? If I had to go before the throne and it wasn't the righteousness of Yeshua covering me, I would not be in a good place to go before the throne. I just good wouldn't. Po- that's a good point, Ryan. I mean, like I said, um, all, all of it is on Yeshua. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank yeah. you for dying for our sins that were past, present, and future. You know, thank you for being that living sacrifice that you, you he hung on the cross. Amen. We don't have that ability. We, we are not worthy enough. We could not do that. We're not deity. Yeah. See, we're made in the image of God, but we're homo sapiens. We're, we're a different race of creation that God created. You know, just like he created cherubs and all these things. We're among the homo sapiens, and, and only salvation is for us. Salvation is not for the fallen angels or for Satan. There's no forgiveness for them. They're, they're going to pay the price. They violated Yahweh, and they're going to pay the price. And listen to this, and this is something to think about. Hell was created for Satan and his fallen angels. It wasn't created for man, but men choose to go there. Right. And we strongly believe in the doctrine of hell, okay? We, ju- we just do. Uh, Jesus put more about hell than he did heaven. So once again, it's a real place, and, and you can debate me all you want, but I'm telling you right now, we believe in the doctrine of hell, not this universal salvation. Everybody makes it. Not everybody does make it, okay? So think about that. So think about your own personal life right now as you begin to seek God and ask Him, Lord, what do you want from me? Yeah. And He'll show you. He will show you, everyone, because this is serious. This is serious, you know. Uh, my father had a um, life-after-death experience, and, and maybe we can get him on the podcast. He could share it. But it was very real, and and he uh, he understands yeah that there's a hell and there's a heaven yeah so you know praise God for that so all of you be blessed we really appreciate you guys and like I said you know we're shutting everything down for now but like I said if you want to give or whatever Ryan will give you that information but we really appreciate any of you that can give online and help us out get this podcast out and even some more podcasts in the future as well as we develop uh, more subject matter and. And interesting things that I think we we think that you should know. Yeah. But uh, we do appreciate all of you listeners. And like I said, there's nothing better than giving us some feedback so we can actually uh, get a response from you so we can share with our congregation as well. Hey, we got an email from Norway. Or hey, John is listening in Maine, you know. Yeah. Uh, Linda Postman calls brother. John, we love you. We appreciate you listening. You're faithful. Uh, keep the faith. Spring's coming. I know you're probably thankful for that being in Maine because there's some cold temperatures there. But we really appreciate uh, John Hackett and just a little shout out to him. Uh, you know, God puts all of you on our hearts. We, we pray for all of you and uh, we thank you. And uh, we're, we're just excited about what God's doing. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. So, um, you know, speaking of offerings and sacrifices, Pastor Nick did mention that um, you can give. Uh, listen, so far, the mortgage for the church isn't going anywhere. The operating expenses are still here. And um, it is our goal here at Beit Tehillah to continue providing uh, any and all, um, you know, services to folks and helping folks that we can. Uh, and part of it is doing this podcast, part of it is keeping the lights on uh, and all this, and providing hope. And so, um, you know, we appreciate your gifts. We appreciate your giving. 
Uh, many people that normally give uh, live in a service uh, and you've never given online, I just want to give you some quick uh, instructions on how to do that. If you go to topraise.net, so that's T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E.net, uh, there's a tab at the top or a little button that says Give. If you just click on Give, it's going to open up a page for you there. Um, you can, uh, you know, make a little, um, you know, username and password if you want to. Uh, you don't have to. You could just fill out the form uh, every time and, uh, you know, make your, your donation there. But um, we, we greatly appreciate it. We see it as the blessings from God, and we appreciate you participating with God to bless Beit Tehillah. Um, to help us keep the ministry going. And so uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for that, uh, for giving towards you know, the ministry and giving towards you know, what, we, what we do here and what we believe in and, and to God. And so um, you know, I'm thankful also for you know, Leviticus. You know, as we get into kind of some of the more do's and don'ts of the Torah, you know, a lot of people mention Leviticus when they mention Old Testament things being done away with. And uh, giving is not done away with. The Torah is not done away with, and we can really look at these principles and, and internalize them because it's, it's for us. It's for us and our children, um, for us to teach them and to teach them the principles so that the next generation will be a better generation than us. And if people would catch on to that and not pointing their finger and telling everybody else what they're supposed to be doing while they're not living it, the world will be a much better place, and the Hebrew roots will be a much better place. So bless you guys. We thank you guys for listening uh, to live stream our service this Saturday. Um, you can do that on YouTube or on Facebook. You'll uh, see the links available, and there will be some more communication coming out um, you know, from those social media channels. Uh, and you can also do it from twopraise.net in the, in the live stream tab. So God bless you guys. We love you. Uh, stay safe and healthy. Have a great week.